0: Good morning, I'm Frank Powers and this is Lifestyle Tucson, the program where I speak to our neighbors, the people behind the scenes of our amazing organizations, small businesses, and nonprofits. Our friends are informing you how they serve our community and they're gonna give you updates on future projects. So Let's make some new friends today. Let's make some new furry friends today because we're talking about pets on Lifestyle Tucson. According to the ASPCA, two million dogs are adopted each year. Not to be outdone, about 2.1 million cats are adopted from shelters in the U.S. like Rescue Me Tucson. Rescue Me Tucson opened their Rescue Me Marana Pet Adoption Center in 2021. Their compassionate pet adoption center features eight cat condos, five large dog suites, and five small dog kennels to house animals from participating rescue groups. Rescue Me Marana has provided a pleasant, safe environment to showcase animals living in shelters and rescues in lower resource areas with few potential adopters. In the short time since they opened, they've adopted almost 1,000 animals here. I'm purring because today I'm fortunate enough to speak with Deb Ramsey, event chair of Rescue Me Tucson, and Nancy Young-Wright, president of Rescue Me Tucson. Ladies, welcome to Lifestyle Tucson. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. I'll say, don't be too excited. That's our goal. Yeah, like, no, awesome. how I am. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. <laughs> yes, so we're talking about pets and all the fine stuff that you're doing. I've given a little history about it, but how did Rescue Me Tucson get started, and what motivated you to help animals?
1: Well, I'm a longtime community volunteer for animals, and um, just grew up around a lot of animals back in rural New Mexico. Grew up in a rural area. had um, had a lot of furry friends of my own, cats and dogs and other things with hooves and tails. (laughs) So I think that's probably where it all got started. And then um, I go back a long ways volunteering in this community. And then I began to volunteer with some um, visiting vets who do um, free spay neuter and vaccine clinics on some of our our Arizona tribal areas. So I began to get more acquainted with the needs here in Arizona. And it all just kind of grew from that. I used to be a member of the Humane Society of United States Arizona Council for a number of years, and we worked on legislation to help animals, and we opposed legislation that hurt animals um, of all kinds, from uh, companion animals to wildlife to, you know, other kinds of animals you might be thinking of. And that is um, kind of what led to what we're doing here in Marana, here Mm -hmm. in Tucson. Uh, Friends of mine went out to L.A., and they saw this collaborative pet adoption center, With their own eyes, and it was run by a a big national group. And they came back and they said they were down here in Tucson to talk about puppy mills, which is a whole other topic we can touch on. But they approached me and some others and they said, this is a fantastic place that we've seen. We think that because people in Tucson get along really well, and they were from Phoenix, so we'll leave that right where it is.
0: Absolutely. uh, They
1: said, people in Tucson are already cooperating and collaborating and you guys are getting along great. We think this could work down here. Mm. So a couple of us stepped forward and said, hey, we love the idea. And so we started working on it. We got delayed by life. You know, it happens to people. Um, So it took us a several years to get open. COVID slowed us down too, but we're so excited to be um, out where we are and helping these rural areas as well as um, folks working here in town. And that's how we got started.
0: It's a big deal. I love it. It sounds like you've been volunteering your whole life. It sounds like it's has been part of who you are.
1: Quite a bit. I come from a very small community and if we didn't all work together, stuff wouldn't get done. Yeah, there you go. So yes, we did. We um, When somebody needed help, we got together. And I watched my mother do stuff like that. If, um, if somebody was... Uh, Needing some assistance, she would dro- drive over and bring them a loaf of bread that she made. Or, You know, we, we just all looked out for each other. So I kind of bring that with me here today. And I think this woman sitting to my left does some of that, too. She showed up at my door with a, a big pot of homemade soup when when somebody in my family wasn't feeling well. So I have a feeling that might be her a little bit, too. Well, I was going to ask,
0: Deb, how did you get involved yeah. with volunteering?
2: Well, I have my daughter to thank for that. She was staying with us for a short time during the COVID stint, and we thought it would be fun to have an opportunity to volunteer together, so Mm -hmm. we signed up to walk dogs over at Rescue Me Marana on Sunday mornings.
0: Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Let's stop right there. People can just sign up to volunteer to walk dogs? Sure. Oh, my goodness. You've heard it here first.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Check out the website, fill out an application, and that could be you that's amazing uh, yeah and and she's since relocated but I've stayed on and enjoyed walking the dog so continue to do that and I'm now helping to chair this prancher pup event that we'll talk about
0: Heck yeah, let's get even right to it, because I was going to talk about these events you got coming up. we got to learn about your organization. We'll talk about it, but we're going to prance some pups? I haven't been prancing in a while. <laughs> I like dancing. I don't know about prancing. What are we doing? You can prance
2: or you can simply walk on November 4th, which will be a Saturday from 9 to 2. We'll be holding our first prancer Your Pup event out at the Anday Community Park. The event will run from 9 a.m. until 2 we will have a short walk. There aren't going to be any trophies given out. It'll just be a quarter mile, half mile. And we will also have several adoption centers and rescues there with dogs and puppies that people can take home that day.
0: That's incredible, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about adopting pets. So I was looking all over your website, and it looks like the adoption process is actually very easy and pretty quick. So walk me through the adoption process from like start to finish if I walk in. And then we're also going to talk about the events again a little bit later because I'm just excited to learn every little bit about your organization.
1: Oh, thank you so much, um, Frank. We're excited to tell you about it. So if somebody just walks in the door, we say, hey, welcome. You know, this, we explain who we are and then we show them the cats and the dogs that we have Um in general, people will want to bring their, their partner or spouse. We like to have both of them there to meet the animal because it's a big commitment, right? Mm-hmm. And then we do have an application for people to fill out. It's In general, we do a same-day adoption. Yep. Sometimes there's some complications. It might take a little bit longer. um in those instances, we just tell people we'll hold on to their application, get back to them. Sometimes we need to speak to a landlord about the type of dog they want to adopt. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, this town is getting a little harder to take the, the beloved pet you might want to into your rented housing. Uh, like other cities, we struggle with what's called um, breed discrimination. Really?
0: Oh, yes. I know. Right. Yes. People exactly. hate pit bulls, right?
1: Correct. Well, mm-hmm. and it isn't just pit bulls; it can include four or five other dogs. Yeah. And then some of the apartments want a real high pet deposit, yep. a high in my opinion, and they also want pet rent. And there's a two pet limit sometimes. And then they start adding weight restrictions: twenty pounds, forty pounds. So if we're looking at a puppy that they want to adopt that we think is going to be part pit bull or get bigger than what their their restrictions say, we a have to research where they're living. And we have to talk to them about, you know, maybe a different dog would be safer there. Um, We can't predict everything that's going to happen, you know, down the road for someone. All we can do is make the best assessment we can with the information we have at the time for the best placement. And so um, occasionally we have to say to somebody, we don't think this animal is the right animal for you at this time. We'll try to help you with another one. But... um, in most cases, we feel we are able to, to, to help people with with what the best we can at the time that we've got it.
0: You're doing a lot of work. Go on about it. Tell me sure, more.
1: You bet. Well, we're working with um, three different groups presently, and we have a special focus on trying to help rural areas here in Arizona not everybody knows that outside of Phoenix and Tucson there's a lot of vast parts of Arizona that are are real small towns or no town at all but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of animals out there. We have 22 different Native American tribal areas as well as just tons of small towns where they may not even have a veterinarian or the veterinarian they have I think there's one county with no veterinarian one entire county. Wow. So you start getting out in these areas it isn't that people don't want to spay and neuter and get their animals vaccinated there is just a real scarcity of resources. Yes. So you wind up having more animals than people can take care of, and we have plenty of animals here in Tucson that need help too, right here in town in Pima County. But in our community, we have really progressed a long ways, and I can talk about that in a minute from what I first experienced. But um, out where we're out where we're trying to help focus, um, there are there are some very dire circumstances that people are faced with. So there are folks doing transport into Phoenix, into Flagstaff, into Tucson, and we're helping as best we can. And this has always gone on to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. but um, it's been very challenging the last couple of years for um, people working in animal welfare across the country part of it is people passing away from covid part of it is um you don't think about that yeah yeah we've had some animals in there whose owners passed away who weren't that old wow and then um we also have this housing shortage going on here Mm -hmm. and in other cities it's it's a shortage and it's an expensive kind of proposition anymore didn't used to be that way so it's it's making things harder for everyone and then uh the cost of things that people need are, are kind of tough and out of their reach like some of the veterinary care so Fortunately, in our community, we have so many resources now, but we're, we're trying to help here in our community with adoptions, with education, with connecting people to what they need. Uh, we really like to see people keep their animals with them if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, if they just need pet food or they need low-cost vaccines or they need low-cost or even free spay-neuter, we're telling them where to go to get it. Yes. And so those are the, the things to do to help people who are kind of experiencing a little bit of a crisis at that moment. Uh, keep their animals with them. And we have all kinds of uh, websites we can refer them to. A really important website for anybody listening to write down is NoKillPimaCounty.org. Okay. NoKillPimaCounty.org. They have resources on how to rehome your pet, where to find low-cost medical, where to find pet food. And we refer people to them almost every day. And they have worked hard on building this list up for folks. But you get out to these other places we're talking about, they don't, need, they don't have groups to raise money. They don't have risk groups. They, they don't have shelters. Um, for example, Tuba City Humane in Tuba City on the Navajo Nation, they don't have a building. Really? It's all fosters working together. And so the groups we're working with right now are High Desert Humane out of Globe, a very small town on the eastern side. Um, and then there's uh, Valley Humane Society between here and Casa Grande, Pima Paws for Life here in town. And then we're constantly referring people out to the big shelters. I call them Pima Animal Care Center, Humane Society, Mm -hmm. Hermitage. Those are the big shelters that you can easily find. And then um, we also tell them how to use search engines to find the animal they want because in addition to the many shelters we have in this area that are brick and mortar, we also have a lot of foster-based rescues. Okay. And those are the ones you're going to find at a a bookstore on the weekend or – or PetSmart or something like that, the big the big box stores, mm-hmm. they're going to be set up there. But people people sometimes just don't know where to look. And so we want to help them find a rescue animal, and we've had a lot of success. Um, you're probably familiar with cane corsos, the really big mastiffs. Yes. Well, up in Phoenix, there's a rescue just for that breed.
0: Wow. I remember I'm, there was a greyhound rescue down here because of the, the racetrack, and my friend Lizzie Mead would do a lot for the greyhounds. She loved them. Correct. And, Having those specific breed uh, savings, like, that's a, that's a huge thing, especially for giant dogs like that. That's like a horse. You're
1: right. You're right. <laughs> so down here in Tucson, we have several that are just for cer- certain breeds, but we mostly have what's called all-breed rescues. Right. And you could find the animal you're looking for in any of those. But up in Maricopa County, they have one for just about everything. So if somebody will come in, and, and the most common request we get is for what I call a little fluffy they want a small, fluffy dog that's hypoallergenic, or they just happen to love poodles. Yeah. So we tell them, hey, in Phoenix, there's not one but two rescues just for poodles. Oh, wow. Um, we, we help them find a rescue animal. That's our that's our goal. And it is possible, we want your listeners to know, to even find a puppy that is a so-called purebred type of puppy in a rescue. Because sometimes breeders go out of business. Right. Uh, they, they can't keep breeding anymore. Or sometimes they're put out of business because they're not doing a good job. Sure. And so that's when the rescues step in, and, and sometimes there's so many that a bunch of people have to step in.
0: No, that, I mean, that's huge. And it really seems like the thing I'm learning is you've done all the work for everyone. You have so many resources. Any situation that any person finds them, I mean, whether it's like, oh, where do I move? Where do I go to school? What type of job am I trying to do? Where do I begin? That's always the thing that, that stops us is where do I even begin? Having all these resources are amazing. Give me your website real quick, just so people can know where all these resources are.
1: Sure. It's www.rescumeetucson.org. That's right. Sometimes people leave out the word Tucson or they misspell it. Um, They can also, um, some people don't use the internet. So we're there for them too. Mm -hmm. And they can call us at 520-261-1616. We can't always help somebody right at that moment when they call, but we will take their number and try to call them back within a day or two.
0: That's and we, fantastic. Yeah. And, and again, that's why I tell listeners of Lifestyle Tucson, keep your number two pencils handy. You got to write all this stuff down. I tell you to take notes, but I'll cover all this again in the recap at the end. Let's go talk to our lovely uh, event chair again. So we're talking about the adoption process. How how easy is it going to be at this big fun event cuz you said it's going to be a walkathon, a little walkathon, but there's going to be some adoption available there as well.
2: Correct. Well, there should be several different shelters and rescues there. We will have some of our pets there, some of our our dogs, and so like Nancy explained the process, should be able to adopt them on site if all the circumstances are are such you know, like she mentioned, sometimes we need to meet a fellow, you know, another dog they're going to be living with or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy, anything else we want to add on that? Yes, we should
1: have some groups that don't do what's called same-day adoptions. Um, for, for those groups, they're, they're generally foster-based rescues. They conduct um, a home visit without fail. They talk to a veterinarian. Um, sometimes we will want to do those things ourselves. Um, we, we certainly reserve the right to, mm-hmm. and that's for the benefit of the animal. It isn't to be judgmental to anybody. We're not there to see if they dusted their furniture this sure. week or last month. Um, we're just there to make sure that a, a fence is the correct height or something like that. If, if uh, you know, it, it's very individual, and and what we're trying to do is. Um, is be respectful of the people and what they're wanting. But we also have to remember that all of these animals have lost their home already at least once, Mm. some of them twice. So if it seems to folks that we are um, making a lot of inquiries or or chatting with them quite a bit about what their day is like, we're just trying to make sure we're helping them uh, find the right animal for their needs. Um, And so, so, yeah, we... We try, our, we try our best to do that, and every group we know does as well, but they some of them will not be able to do it that same day.
0: Certainly not. Well, I love the amount of effort and work you're putting into the care of these animals and the families, because even a family doesn't want to accidentally adopt something that they can't control, and they have to give it back or give it up. How are the kids going to feel when the dog they got for their birthday, like, no, we have to return the dog, because we can't take care of it. That is a lot of hard work and that really matters you're not there to judge people you're there to help everyone
1: correct uh we have had everybody gets a few returns and sure. and for various reasons sometimes reality just isn't what we thought the idea would be like reality is different And um, so for a puppy, we really want people, especially a puppy that's going to get big, we really want people to think about, uh, do I have the time to train this puppy and hopefully to take it into a training class and learn good manners? Because what is cute when it's three months old jumping up on you is not so cute when it's knocking grandma over at Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and then she's going to the ER with a broken hip because that dog is now 85 or 90 pounds and nobody – has been able to teach it not yes. to do that. So yeah, we just want to try to help uh, set everybody up for success. Yeah, the I, families and the dogs. I
0: do see, unfortunately, some of these pet owners that are even my friends are not the best pet parents because they're not doing the. Th- they're almost not strict enough. They're not strict enough to tell that or to yell like no, like you have to. There's ways to do it. They teach how to do it. It's not. You're not scaring them. You you have to be authoritative over a beast. Some of these things can be a beast. Or they could be the sweetest thing. They just need the right training. Teaching people how to be responsible for these animals is so important. And the spaying and the neutering and offering those to people who maybe can't afford it, very important. So a way to support your organization, you say you can come on down there, come visit, and maybe buy some unique toys that you have for sale. Or buy some local pet snacks. You don't have to go to those big box stores. Come buy from you. That's what people can do. right? What are some of these unique things that you offer there at the place in Marana?
1: so glad you asked. We are very proud to offer dogs and donut products, and those are locally made what? biscuits. <laughs> yes, they are. So uh, it's like a double score. You are supporting a local woman-owned business, yeah. dogs and donuts, and you're supporting us. And there's no tax with us, so people can oh. can purchase with us. Um, adopters, by the way, get 10% off of any item they want to purchase on the day of adoption. Kaboom. Uh, we, most of our space in our facility, which is about 2,400 square feet, is given over to kennels and animal care. Yes. But we do have a retail section with toys and treats, so uh, we want it to be happy. One of our biggest sellers is lamb chop. If anybody remembers lamb chop. Oh,
0: I know lamb chop very
1: Very well. consistent seller with lamb chop. We really? always have seasonal lamb chops. Right now we have ones with little orange hats, you know, pointed hats. And um, we what we don't have, because we don't have a lot of space to store big items like crates and things... We will be glad to tell somebody. Uh, we have a whole list of other local businesses that sell pet products, and we will be glad to direct them to one of those and help them find, um, find one of those businesses so they can support local. Well, and that's amazing. What they want to do, yeah. But in addition to dogs and donuts, they can find um, they can find lots of cat toys with feathers and catnip, and they can find cat litter boxes and dog balls and harnesses and leashes and collars.
0: Listen, I'm not looking for dog balls. We're trying to spay and neuter these pets, oh, so you right, can't bring probably. that up. Yes, yes. <laughs> I might have to cut that joke out. <laughs> but we'll see. So that is amazing. Again, you're you're giving answers. That's what you've got down there at Marana. It's not just that you've got some products and some pets. You've got answers. You've got answers for all these people that want to become responsible pet parents, and especially responsible pet parents for their kids. Let me ask you, because I do like something you said where you check with, like, the, the spouse, you make sure that it's not just like, hey, I'm going to buy this this puppy and surprise my, my husband with it. Is that something that, like, there has to be some extenuating circumstances where maybe it's a gift, how do you deal with that?
1: Well, we wanna be sure people know that we um, adopt animals out and not sell them, so we're kind of particular about the wording. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have learned over the years, as most of our folks have that we know who do this kind of thing, that adopting a pet out as a gift for another adult is not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of us want to meet the animal at least, at the very least, and help choose it ourselves because you're talking about 12 to 18 years here for some dogs, you're talking about maybe 20 years with a kitten that you hope is gonna make it that far as a cat. So if it's not an animal you're particularly feeling a bond with, that's, that's probably not, that's not a good start. And we have had some animals returned in our early days when we didn't require meeting both of them. It was adopted by the wife. We said, how does the husband feel or your partner? Oh, he'll love it or she'll love it. Didn't work out that way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it just didn't because people want to choose their own animal. And what we think we like isn't what somebody else might like. Um, The exception is if it is someone who's been in and they know what their minor child is pining away for. Right particularly if they've been in with their child and they visited the animal and they come back, they circle back and go, remember we were here and Jenny liked that kitten. Mm-hmm. And her birthday is a few days from now and we want to adopt the kitten to surprise her. Well, that's an entirely different matter. 100%. right? Yeah, that's different. And they're the ones taking responsibility for the animal's welfare. We also like adopters to be 21. Okay. We can tell them uh, where else to go if they're under 21. The reason is, is we work with more than one group and we want it to be consistent. Um, some of them require 21, because so much transition going on between 18 and 21. Um, it, it could be awesome. We just ask them to come back with a parent or an uncle or aunt, somebody kind of just to co-sign with them to help if, if, if we, feel like, you know, we feel like they'd like to go ahead, just please bring somebody uh, who's of age with you. And we also want to know, does everybody in the family know about this? Mm. Um, sometimes parents aren't thrilled to have adult children living with them, show up with another animal. Um, I had a call with a a parent the other day, and um, her son had been in, and she said, we already have three cats, and he wants another one. Um, I don't think so. So those are the kinds of things we're just trying to be friendly and helpful and careful. uh, And
0: responsible.
1: And responsible, exactly. We don't want to create stress in a household. And we want to be sure they understand how to introduce the animals. That's why Deb mentioned the dogs meeting. We don't do meet and greets with puppies and adult dogs uh, or puppies and puppies because they're not fully vaccinated. But we, mm-hmm. we want to meet the adult. We want the adult dogs to meet. Yeah, if, that's if fair. They're possible. family
0: members, too. Everyone yeah. has to get along. Yeah. And exactly. even I'm sure you provide some of the education on how you introduce a new dog to the family dog, because there is a mm-hmm. way to do it there's a psychological way to do it.
1: Yes, we do. And um before before I lose the thought, I wanted to be sure that we also mentioned that a really important reason that we started uh, what we're doing is is the whole topic of puppy mills. Is that okay to talk about Please that Please do, because you,
0: you mentioned puppy mills earlier, and I'm like, what is a puppy mill? Tell
1: yeah, me. Yeah, well, there's no legal definition of one. Okay. So um, there are some businesses in town that are selling animals, and they say they're not working with puppy mills. Uh, but we believe that anyone who... Is putting their animal in a store where they never meet you is not what we would call a responsible breeder. Mm-hmm. So we also help people find what we call a responsible breeder. And that, that would be characterized by somebody who's not breeding their animal every heat, who's providing adequate medical care and nutrition and enrichment. They're not keeping their animal in a cage. So if people were to Google the topic of puppy mill, they could see that in some cases it's a factory farm situation. Yikes. Or it can be a backyard thing where they're just not providing care. Right. So we'd like to help people avoid that if mm. we can. And we're deeply involved in trying to get a law changed that oh. exists in Arizona. There are only two states with a law that I call the pro-puppy mill law. Okay. And the law uh, in each state is pretty similar. It, it, it took away our local right to make our own ordinance to stop the sale of dogs and cats in pet stores. Hmm. And it's a state law that's been in place in Arizona since 2016. So every year since then, we haven't even been able to get a hearing in a committee to get the bill heard to overturn that or amend it. Wow. So that's a real concern. Um, We have to keep working on it. But um, on top of all the other challenges everyone's facing at our big shelters and small shelters and rescues of all sizes, here we've talked about the numbers and the staggering load on everybody, what we probably don't need is trucks and vans rolling into Arizona every day with imported puppies that go out, not spayed, not neutered, not microchipped, and they're costing from 3000 to five to $7,000 in some cases. And if the uh, purchasers can't afford that price, they um, have a tool called a loan. Okay. And in my mind, it's not a good loan for a consumer because the interest rate is high. So um. It's
0: it's a shame. I've watched as as the identity of animals becomes like these are my kids, I've watched the entire industry absolutely skyrocket in price, and even back where I'm from, I've watched the amount of pet hospitals, pet insurance stuff, all this money because they know that you're gonna pay top dollar to make sure your cat survives the weekend. And I've seen it, and it's weird when you see people take advantage of others because they know how much these pets mean to us. So that's hard. You know, that's hard. So, you know, do it right. And it sounds like that you're going to be the one to do it. Because if there was going to be anyone that sounds like they can change a law, it sounds like it might be your organization. You're doing the work.
1: Well, thank you. We're just part of a number of groups, including Bailing Out Benji, the Humane Society and Best Friends, and ASPCA. And locally, there's a group here that's working really hard to get the Pima County Board of Supervisors um, up to date on this topic. And they have been working with them to consider bringing forward a... Piece of legislation that would at least stop or put some guardrails on this predatory lending. Mm. So we um, <clears throat> excuse me can hopefully look forward to that. All we're looking for in getting this legislation overturned is the ability to return local control to Flagstaff, Phoenix, Tucson, Marana, Sorita, Sierra Vista. If we in the local community want to convince our elected officials to pass an ordinance that doesn't allow this, then we should have the right to. So we're not asking for a statewide ban Mm -hmm. necessarily like they have in California. It's illegal statewide to sell dogs and cats in pet stores because of the cruelty link. We're not asking for that. We're asking for local control to be returned. And the um, it's probably not going to surprise you, Frank, to know that the law was uh, put into place by somebody who owns a number of for-profit pet stores.
0: Yep, you got to look out for those people that are really working the system to their benefit because those people do it. So you got to keep doing the work and the due diligence here locally. And it sounds like you're really doing it and taking care of a lot of people and more importantly, a lot of pets. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It was really a pleasure to talk to you because again, I want to just really get everyone to visit you. Where can they find you online? besides the website and on social media?
1: Well, they can walk into our place of business Mm -hmm. any day of the week, seven days a week, between 12 and five on Saturdays, 11, five. And we are located at 6401 West Marana Center Boulevard out in Marana at the Outlet Mall. And that is right across from Old Navy. Um, We're on the east side of the mall. It's kind of a big place. So you wanna park over on that side of the mall and, and come see us. Also, they can visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We even have TikTok, and that is where a lot of people find us is on Instagram or Facebook, and they they see the animals, and and our social media team does a great job. Uh, Some people are following us just because it makes them happy, Mm -hmm. and we could all use a little bit of that. We have a lot of reels and, and happy photos, and we post happy adoptions, and People can really just enjoy looking at the uh, pictures of the cats and dogs. And um, sometimes you might see some of us on there, too. <laughs> but we try to keep the focus on the, the little furry guys, Heck you know, yeah. not well. the humans. But um but yeah, they can they can do that. And then we are always happy to refer them out to our friends. We're very collaborative-minded. Uh, we really believe, it sounds a little bit Pollyanna-ish perhaps, we really believe that if one of us is doing well, we're all doing well. Mm-hmm. We're, we're here together to help each other. And that's what's really nice about the Tucson animal welfare community is uh, we all recognize that we can do a lot more together. It's just seriously a fact.
0: It's the truth. And honestly, I've enjoyed talking about it. You've made me feel good. All right, Deb's had a smile on her face this whole time. We're having a good time. All right, and Deb, just tell me a little bit more about what we're going to be prancing about this November.
2: Okay, Frank. Well, the event, like I said, will be a walk-in an adoption event, but we're going to have a lot of fun activities going on at the same time. Dusty from the Tucson Roadrunners will be making an appearance. McGruff, the crime dog, will be around sleuthing for clues. We'll have several food trucks. We're going to have some music. One of our Top sponsors, Retriever Ranch, is going to have a Smooch or Pooch booth. Oh, so can <laughs> Get a picture smooching your dog in front of their little setup. And if you don't have a dog, they're even going to have a few of theirs for you to borrow. Then I also wanted to just shout out some of the great sponsors that we've had already supporting us in this event. I mentioned Retriever Ranch. We also have uh, Pools by Design. We have several other sponsors, Tucson Local Media is helping us out, Hillary and Jay with Long Realty, Hughes Federal Credit Union, Valentine Plumbing, Southern Arizona Pools, Auto House Tucson, Homestyle Galleries, Tucson Subaru, and Pima Federal Credit Union. And we're hoping to add many more sponsors before the day. Several of these, we'll be putting teams of folks together to walk, and I encourage you to check out our website, Rescue Me Tucson, the Prancher Pup tab, and sign up to register with your, your friends
0: and your furry pets. I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be such a great day hanging out with everyone's doggos. Super pumped. And we did have a good time because today we made friends with Deb Ramsey, event chair of Rescue Me Tucson, and Nancy Young-Wright, president of Rescue Me Tucson. Helping to fill the pet adoption needs to the families in Tucson. Thank you for joining me today, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. This was Lifestyle Tucson. Yeah. Bing, bong, bing. Time for a recap. I love talking about pets. Yeah. I mean, I only have a goldfish. His name's Walker Mangold. What better name for a goldfish than Walker? That was the name of the guy that sold him to me. But we're not selling any pets. We're adopting pets. That's what Rescue Me Tucson is all about. You can get all the details over at rescuemetucson.org or go to facebook.com slash rescuemetucson and follow everything happening on social media at Rescue Me Tucson. Don't forget that November 4th, we're going to prance your pup. It's a big walk-a-thon adoption event at Anday Park from 9 a.m. to noon. That's 6401 West Marana Center Boulevard in Marana, Arizona. Make sure you go have some fun, make some friends, make man's best friend, and maybe get a cat as well. That sounds like it's gonna be a great fun time. I really do love talking to these local people. They're just making such a difference in the lives of people in Tucson, but also the lives of pets in Tucson. What a great time, as well as Oro Valley, Marana, and everywhere that we're talking, you can hear my voice here. So I wanna thank our new friends at Rescue Me Tucson for joining me today. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. If you're a nonprofit that would like to be on the show, Email Tucson at gmail.com. For more information about this program or to listen to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday mornings page on klpx.com, kfma.com, mixfm.com, or espmtucson.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Audible, or wherever fine podcasts are adopted. Follow on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at lifestyletucson because I'm your BFF Frank Powers. Toot Tucson. I love you the most.